2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders for week eight of the NFL season. Uh, Almost uh, the halfway point, I guess, theoretically, the halfway point, somewhere between this week and next week. Uh, Anyway, I am Britt Devine. Uh, I am back from vacation. Uh, I caught Dan. Dan held it down. Uh, Did a good job for me uh, while I was gone last week, but I'm back uh, with my good friends. I just added both you guys on Facebook. I feel like we're real-life friends now. Mr. Scott Barrett and Tyler Beaker. we're back. Sorry for that. Uh, I had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Anyway, uh, we're back. I'm Britt uh, here with my good friends, uh, Mr. Uh, Scott Barrett and Tyler Beaker. Uh, Scott, what's going on this week? Not much. Uh, a lot's going on with you, though. Uh, apparently, congratulations, Britt. Thank you. Thank. I see. I, I had a show earlier today. You weren't on this, obviously. You're uh, you're looking at all those dank stats or anything. But yeah, I had myself a nice little uh, fun vacation. Uh, got uh, got engaged while I was gone.
1: Congrats, Britt! That's awesome.
2: I know. I'm uh, very happy. You know. You know what I need though. It really costs a lot to do all the stuff at Disney. <laughs> Guys, I need to win like we like week one when I won the thirty thousand. I got to do that again. I need that again right now. I got to pay for everything now. So,
1: yeah, Disney's pricey. We'll definitely try to help you get
3: a winning week this week here, week eight. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have you uh, the bachelor party paid off at least.
2: Yeah, I took uh, took last week off. I Had too much going on. Looking to really get back into it. Week eight. Uh, A really fun slate, it looks like. Lots of high totals, some expensive plays, lots of good cheap plays, I think. Nothing on the real low end, Um, but let's jump into this with a little bit of the technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. Uh, Let's kind of jump right into this today. If you're new to PFF show here, what we do is we give a a stud, uh, a value player, and a dud at each position, along with some other discussion points, uh, using some of the dank stats they have over at PFF and a lot of stuff behind the paywall over there. Uh, to really get you focused with an early look on your DFS uh, plays for the week. So without that, uh, Tyler, let's start this off. Uh, Stud quarterbacks of the week. There's a couple out here that I like. So I'm looking at guys. We've got Mahomes, Rogers, Luck, Dalton, Roethlisberger. We've got uh, Goff, who might be a little bit of a value play. Uh, You've singled out Aaron Rodgers, probably because Scott actually got to the sheet first for once and put in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's 6,400, likely in a shootout. Uh, Had another week off to recover with a bye, uh, going up against the Rams, going to have to put up points. Um, I I, I usually don't like the expensive quarterbacks, uh, but it's really hard to overlook both of these guys this week.
1: Yeah, I really like this combination of both pricing and matchup for Rodgers this week. The Rams' pass defense is the same juicy matchup that we targeted last week with C.J. Bethard, except for Rodgers likely won't turn the ball over four times, yes. costing him a ton of fantasy points. Uh, as long as Marcus Peters isn't 100% and it keeps the lead it remains remain sideline, this defense is one that we should pick apart easily in their secondary. Rodgers and the Packers, they're traveling to L.A. They're 9.5-point dogs. Um, should be passing heavily in this matchup. I really like the idea of starting with Todd Gurley and bringing it back with Aaron Rodgers and one of his receivers.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, I mean, it can get expensive doing it that way. Todd Gurley, just I'm locking him into my cash game. He's going to have a lot of exposure in tournaments. We'll talk about him when we get to running backs, but I like Rodgers quite a bit. The only thing is Scott, we've got Patrick Mahomes uh, in every game, but one this year, he's got at least 25 DraftKings points. Talk about consistency, chucking it all over the yard. They're getting a uh, Kareem hunt involved in the offense. Now, Basically it's unstoppable. He's so good. He can throw with his left hand, his right hand, overhand, sidearm, underhand, whatever he wants to do. uh, Should have no problem dicing up Denver here at home.
3: Yeah, this one's really easy. It's, he's priced as you, well, he's the highest priced quarterback on both sides, but he's he's priced as your typical, you know, expensive, good quarterback, but not as a historically great quarterback. Uh, And that's what we're seeing here. He's, you know, on pace to finish with uh, the most fantasy points of any quarterback barring, um, of course, Peyton Manning in his historic 2013 season, um, you know, second most fantasy points through the first seven weeks of the season behind only 2013 Peyton Manning. And, you know, uh, if you played Peyton Manning in 2013 every week, you <laughs> won a ton of money. So uh, it's kind of the same case with Patrick Mahomes and, and the the frustrating thing for, Kareem Hunt's season long owners is you know Andy Reid you're up by three touchdowns why are you still passing the ball like that that's so frustrating but you know if you have Patrick Mahomes you know that that's pretty well, cool.
2: uh yeah he's priced like 2015 DFS quarterback right not 2018 right. DFS quarterback so right um he should be like 75 76 hundred something like that in my opinion with how DraftKings prices it so we're getting a little bit of a discount. I like it. He's at home. Shouldn't have any problem dicing up uh, Denver at all this week. Uh, So let's say we just need to save a couple of dollars. I'm looking at guys in the mid-tier, Tyler. I like Jared Goff, who if you use with Gurley, you're just encompassing every possible fantasy point from that offense, getting all the touchdowns, at least until uh, McVay fires up some kind of trick play, and then somehow we don't get a, a touchdown for that. But I like him. I'm looking at Ben Roethlisberger at home against Cleveland. I think that's a pretty good spot. You've got Jameis Winston in here who's against Cincinnati, uh, who's just chucking for 300 yards every single time he's out there because they have no run game, and their defense is horrible. So Jameis has to chuck it. Uh, who do you think is more likely to get three, the 300-yard bonus, uh, Winston or Roethlisberger? Winston. Winston. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I would agree with that. So talk to me a little bit more on Winston. Yeah, I mean,
1: you nailed it right there. Like, he's got everything working for him in his favor. No run game to lean on. Uh, They're going heavily on the pass, and their defense is just bringing it back, allowing them to put up a ton of fantasy points in the process. Uh, Winston is just slinging it. He's put up 300-plus passing yards in each of the last two games, 84 combined rushing yards, and five total touchdowns. Cincinnati has allowed at least 20 fantasy points to six of their first seven opposing quarterbacks they've faced. They rank top five in completions allowed, passing yards allowed, passing touchdowns allowed. I think just Winston is like the perfect cash or g b p player,
2: um, naked or stacked. Yeah, there's there's no way he. I mean, there is a way he gets under 300 yards passing. That's because the Cincinnati defense plays lights out at home. But with no run game, uh, that bonus looks pretty good there. I like. Uh, I mean, I can make a case for a couple of these guys. I like Russell Wilson a little bit. I think Matt Stafford is way too cheap at home. I know they. Um, I don't play a little bit slow, but I think that game could kind of shoot out. Uh, Scott, you had Winston in here as well, so you agree with that. Uh, if you weren't looking at Winston, what else do you like in the mid-tier?
3: No, I'm I'm only looking at Winston. <laughs> all right, really. that makes it easy. It's just such a smash play. Um, so so last year he he led all quarterbacks in passing yards per game. Uh, if you only look at games, he played on at least 50% of the team snaps. Now this year with Todd Monken, if you combine Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston um, – They have 2,261 passing yards at the second most through six games all time. Only the 2,000 greatest show on turf Rams finished better. And that was just by 14 passing yards. Keep in mind, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay's quarterbacks had uh, 129 more rushing yards uh, than the Rams uh, quarterbacks in that season too. So really what they're doing is historic. And I just talked about Patrick Mahomes. What he's doing is historic. Well, guess what? If, if Fitzpatrick and Winston were one quarterback, they'd be outscoring uh, Mahomes by 2.2 fantasy points per game. it be even better than that historic uh, Peyton Manning season we talked about before. He's just egregiously priced in uh, a fantastic matchup coming off of the Stone Worst matchup last week. Uh, so that's the guy I'm, I'm playing, and I'm, I'm not really uh, going to try and overthink it.
2: Yeah, I do like Winston quite a bit. Uh I just talked about Russell Wilson. Tyler, you've got him as a dud. Uh he's 5900. Uh he ran a little bit last week. I don't know if it's that. Now, you can really run on Detroit, but you can their their whole defense is just absolutely horrible. The they don't nobody really passes on them because you don't need to, but I think Detroit's going to be able to put up points. I like Seattle to score. They're coming off the bye. Doug Baldwin's a little bit healthier. Why don't you like Russell Wilson?
1: Well, there's nothing more dangerous than saying out loud that you're publicly fading Russell Wilson. So he's probably going to go for 30 plus points. Um, <laughs> this is not
2: as egregious as Michael Thomas earlier in the year. I'll give you that.
1: Very <laughs> yeah, fair. fair. Uh The reason why that I'm not that interested in him is the Lions lead the league in adjusted sack rate, and when the pressure gets turned on for Russ, he kind of melts. His accuracy under pressure this year rivals that of Cam Newton. They're both bottom five in our accuracy rating, um, down at 25 of 28 qualifying quarterbacks. He's thrown for over 200 yards just once in his past four games. He clips 20 fantasy points just twice on the season. Um, he just doesn't really have that weekly ceiling that we're used to seeing without him running as much. Maybe after this bye, he's gotten a little bit healthier. Maybe we see him run more. But until we see that, I'm not going to play him in any tournaments.
2: Uh, Scott, you want to fade Mahomes Jr., Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, let me let me make sure you're okay with this. These are the fantasy point totals for Mitch Trubisky over the past three weeks. 36 Thirty-one and forty-six. He's won, someone a million dollars. Two of those three weeks, and you want to tell me not to use him this week? You're gonna to have to come with some good stats here.
3: Yeah. So he actually ranks uh, first among all players in fantasy points per game over the past four weeks. Um, but he's also our worst graded quarterback over that stretch, and and over the full season, he's our worst graded starting quarterback. You know, he had a really soft spot in his schedule. He had a fluky 181 rushing yards on 17 attempts. And, you know, he's seven-point favorites this week. I don't think Chicago's going to need to go um, super pass-heavy, need to expose their mobile quarterback to unnecessary hits. And and the Jets are quietly ranking fifth best in opposing passer rating. Uh, I'm not really buying into it. I don't have him as a QB1 this week. Uh, so, so he's a fade for me.
2: Yeah. I felt like a donkey. I haven't really used him too much in DFS this year because uh, he's not a very good quarterback. Uh, I think he has kind of luck boxed his way, but I mean, what matters, Scott defense doesn't matter. Quarterbacks don't matter. (laughs) Running backs don't matter. Like nothing. Does does anything matter?
3: (laughs) No, definitely not embrace nihilism. (laughs) All
2: right. So uh, that was some quarterbacks. So some pretty strong takes on the fades there from quarterbacks from these two guys. Uh, I'm going to let Scott, uh, real quick, Scott, give me about a minute on your actual opportunity. I've got it pulled up here. Uh, either something on the chart or a couple players you want to highlight um, mm-hmm. on, on your big article here on PFF this week.
3: Yeah. So um, what I did uh, that's a little different this week is I, uh,
2: if you see graphics,
3: yeah, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, <laughs> you'll see, uh, I looked at, a. T- uh, the top positive and negative regression candidates in terms of expected fantasy points and expected touchdowns. And that's really just serves as a great buy low sell high uh, tool um, for, for people uh, in redraft or dynasty leagues, you know, Tyler Lockett, uh, there's no way he keeps scoring this many touchdowns on that target volume. Uh, Also very little work near the end zone either. Uh, So he's definitely someone I'm trying to sell high on. Uh, a top by low would be Jarvis Landry.
2: And, uh, yeah, I have to say, uh, I mean, you have Julio Julio Jones down here, but I mean, it's going to stay zero actual TDs all season, Scott. I hate to tell you. Right. I, well, I do, I do mention in the article, he's something like, you know,
3: 54th in expected touchdowns since week two. Uh, they're just not really looking at him towards the end zone anymore. Uh, and it's probably because, you know, he's not good there when Calvin Ridley's been extremely mm-hmm. efficient, new, et cetera. Uh, also, just for DFS purposes, uh, we've been crushing it with, my, with our top positive regression uh, candidate of the week. Week four was Corey Davis, 34 fantasy points. Week five, Zach Ertz, 30. Michael Crabtree, uh, he went off uh, in week six. Uh, Jarvis Landry went off last week and this week again. It's it's Jarvis Landry, and again he has a good matchup. So I, I think that trend's going to continue.
2: Uh, I saw, uh, I believe this is a real stat. Um, I, I I remember seeing it earlier this week. Julio Jones, his red zone this year, he, I believe he has minus two fantasy points in the red zone. <laughs> uh, dead last of every single possible player in the NFL. That's, that's perfect. Received a t- I believe that's real. Don't quote me on it, though. I'm pretty sure that was a real stat and not a fake stat, um, but it's pretty believable. So um, some fun stuff from Scott. You can check out his article with an Edge subscription over at PFF. Uh, let's get back into the running back segments here. Uh, Tyler, there are some really – good running backs in play this week. We've got Todd Gurley, who I believe Scott's going to talk about here in a second. Uh, I like Kareem Hunt. There's some really good ones. You wanted to talk about uh, James Conner at home against Cleveland. Cleveland, uh, I believe they have a pretty tough run defense here. So what's going on with Conner?
1: it's just the volume with connor he's averaging 21.5 touches per game he has multiple touchdown upside in every game that they can play Uh, in their first tilt with the browns connor carried the ball 31 times 135 yards two touchdowns and picked up five for 57 receiving Uh, the steelers are playing at home they're eight point favorites and they have the third highest implied point total on the main slate 29.5 points i'm assuming two of those could be Connor touchdowns this week. He's locked in for a ton of volume. And when the Steelers play at home, they love to push the tempo. Uh I wouldn't be shocked if we get a significant bump here in uh, pace of play and more touches for
2: Connor in this offense. Yeah, I love Connor uh this week too. Just uh complete he's outdoing what Le'Veon Bell was doing. Le'Veon Bell, you're mm-hmm. looking bad Uh you're just losing yourself money every week, kind of proving to the league and to everybody out there that for the most part, running backs. They're one of the things that don't really matter, pretty replaceable <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, Scott, you want to tell? Let's talk about Todd Gurley, who uh, in week six, he was $10,000. He had 39 fantasy points, and then he was $9,800, and then he scored 30 fantasy points. He has more touchdowns himself than I think eight teams have at combined, like total. Um, when they get down inside the red zone, it's the Todd Gurley zone. He's just eaten up all the touchdowns. I know he looks like a candidate for regression in some of your stuff. But your actual opportunity, I did see it down here somewhere, even though he has 14 touchdowns, he was supposed to score 11 and a half, which is still absurd for a running back at this point in the season. He's just 9,800. I think DraftKings has broke this. He's more expensive on FanDuel. They juiced it up. I think he should be ten five to 11,000 on DraftKings. So not only is he 25 to 30 fantasy points, but I think he's one of the better values on the week. Right?
3: right so if you read the uh, actual opportunity article you'll see why i'm i'm not pumping the brakes at all on on girly and 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 actually i'm i'm super excited and he's another guy like patrick mahomes where you know if he's the highest typical rb1 from either the past two years uh he he's probably overpriced but you know he's another guy on a historic pace uh He's on pace for 32 touchdowns, or the most by any player all time. He's on pace for 467.7 fantasy points, or the second most by any player at any position all time. Uh, just one LaDanian Tomlinson season ranks above that. And LaDanian Tomlinson that season should have been like, you know, 15,000 uh, every single week, something crazy like that. Uh, so just by, by this data, by, by my data, you know, Gurley's cheap. He, he's averaging 32.8 fantasy points per game across his last 10 games. He's dominating in terms of expected touchdowns, expected market share um, and, and in expected fantasy points per game, expected touchdowns. he's on the best offense in football and he's, uh, arguably the most efficient running back over the past two seasons, and blah 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 blah. It's just you know
2: how horrible is Jeff Fisher as a coach?
3: Oh, uh, the the worst. <laughs> I mean, I so I, I wrote an article before Sean McVay was ever a head coach, and it was just looking at uh, Jeff Fisher's history with running backs. And if you look at uh, every running back season with at least 200 carries, and you sort in reverse order by yards per carry like six of the 10 worst yards for carry seasons ever were from a running back coached by Jeff Fisher
0: it's just just he's the
2: worst
3: uh, yeah he's so bad
2: unbelievable Uh, I want to talk to you want to talk about your boy Kareem Hunt we're finally getting the Kareem Hunt juices flowing Scott that's right Uh, so so I'll let you talk about him I I currently have these two I have Gurley and Hunt it's Wednesday night a lot of stuff can change but I've got these two penciled into my cash team right now
3: Yeah, so he's finally seeing targets, and more importantly, he's finally seeing some work inside the end zone uh, over his last four games, 17 targets, six opportunities inside the five-yard line. Uh, What does that mean? Well, it means he's averaging 18.2 expected fantasy points per game. That's seventh most among running backs. Keep in mind, uh, you know, he was one of the most efficient running backs in the league last year, this year, one of the most efficient offenses in the league this year uh, and last year. Uh so you know he's going to outscore that he's going to be a guy who looks like he's due for some expected fantasy point regression uh but probably not just because the offense is so good and he's such an elite uh caliber of a player uh and the matchup looks good as as heavy favorites uh, uh, uh no, uh no, no the matchup looks good as um uh against Denver which has uh been a stab to uh, opposing runners all season and they are heavy favorites.
2: Yeah, I love uh love Kareem Hunt currently. So I want to talk with Tyler and Scott about the value, the mid tier at a running back. Because there there's gonna be a lot of different ways to make lineups this week. Because if for some reason you don't want to play gurley or Kareem Hunt or James connor or any of these other guys that are expensive, you can make a pretty strong lineup out of the mid tier this week. So I'm looking at guys who've got Marlon Mack, Tariq Cohen We've got uh, Jalen Richard, if you really want to get cheap. We've got Karrion Johnson, Philip Lindsay, possibly without Royce Freeman. We've got uh, Raheem Mostert. There's so many good, reasonably priced value running backs. Tyler, do you think it's worth using Gurley, Hunt, and uh, maybe even another one? Or do you need uh, to mix in two of these mid-tier guys? So I've been
1: having a lot of success this year, just going with three Heavy hitter, heavy hitters at running back. Yes. Um, so, like this week, my first builds were Gurley, Kareem Hunt, and James Conner. Um, I'm finding that's not very uh,
2: pretty when I go to the wide receiver position. Yeah, you do. You got to go like one, like five thousand five hundred is probably your max on a receiver you can
1: spend. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at the mid three thousands for two of them. Then <laughs> um, they're not pretty rosters, but uh, these guys are the guys that you can bank on for touches and mm-hmm. fantasy points um if you're looking at the mid-tier guys I like Marlon Mack a bit
2: um who else did you mention um you had a uh, Master Mack and uh Raheem Moser are your kind of two guys here
3: also, also I, I wrote up three guys but that didn't mean like I wanted a monopoly on those three but like uh, the whole tier ones you didn't take
2: the whole tier is really strong normally it's the really expensive running backs are all I really consider, and I really limit my player pool. But guys like Mac, you like uh, Tre Cohen, you're a little worried about game script. You you wrote a big thing in your actual opportunity about just how good Cohen is. There's so many good plays. Like help me, I currently pencil. I've penciled in Marlon Mack as kind of my guy. I think the Colts kind of boat race Oakland, even though they're on the road this week. So I really like Mac. Um, well, what else are we looking at in this mid tier? David Johnson. Yep. That's just that's a little too expensive. I like David Johnson should not be 6,700 with a regime change in my
3: opinion. Uh Philip Philip Lindsay with uh, Royce Freeman probably out.
2: They're they're all good plays. What uh you want to talk about uh Moster here, uh Tyler, if yeah, Apparate is out. Uh what's your take on? Uh, this is T hashtag is uh Adam Leventon would say. Hashtag team preseason.
1: Heck yeah, preseason fantasy fanatics. <laughs> they're going wild cheering for Moser the last couple of weeks. And I think this could be his real coming out party here against the Cardinals. They're our bottom five graded run defense. They're allowing the most rushing yards, the most rushing touchdowns on the season. Breda was a DNP today on Wednesday, not practicing. Um, Mostert's coming off the heels of back-to-back games with double-digit touches. He's carried the ball 146 rushing yards on 19 carries during that span. Um, I think he could be an equivalent to what we saw Nick Chubb of last week at the same price.
2: Yeah, 3,800. Uh, definitely going to be keeping my eye on that Matt Breda injury news. Uh, a couple of duds. Uh, Tyler, I'll stick with you on this one. So, Jalen Rashard, I think, is going to pick up some ownership. But you're on the flip side. You don't want Doug Martin because I think you're in the same boat as me. You think uh, that Oakland is just going to get run out of their own building.
1: Yeah, I agree. The Raiders are home dogs right now at plus three. I, I think that's way too kind. I think they could get totally run out, like you're saying. Uh, and I don't think inserting a 29-year-old washed-up Doug Martin is the answer here. If you were to pick a back, it would be Richard,
2: but I don't really think you need to go with either. Uh, and Scott, you want no part of uh, Nick Chubb this week. Uh, what's your thoughts there? Just game script not really working in his favor. Yeah, he has 13
3: receptions since 2015, despite seeing over 500 carries in that span. So it's not going to. He doesn't really have a PPR floor. It's going to be really touchdown dependent. I don't see. Uh, you know, a lot of scoring opportunities coming this week. Uh, you know, game script's going to be bad. Eight-point underdogs. Pittsburgh ranks sixth best in yards for carry allowed. Uh, so, yeah. No. All right. So let's go back uh, do, to the sc- you know what? Do you know what Raheem uh, uh nickname was <laughs> in preseason DFS?
2: I, I know. I used him in preseason DFS, but I don't know what, his, what was the nickname. Raheem Mustard. Must start. All oh, right. Yes, I do remember that. Now that you mentioned that, yes, of course. Um, let's uh, let's go to a couple other quick things here behind the paywall at PFF, uh, Scott. So uh, Tyler alerted to me that uh-huh. there's a, there's a new sheet out here on PFF. Uh, kind of you you do things where you're trying to look at things like slot receivers and left receivers and and right receivers, and I see you tweet out some things on it this way. But I believe Jeff Ratcliffe. Put one together uh, for all edge subscribers that kind of shows you versus left wide receivers, versus right wide receivers, and versus slot wide receivers. And it just—it's anybody who matches up in the slot where you do it, where it's any you know a specific guy who's playing out of the slot. So this is a a very all-encompassing. Tyler pointed out something really good uh, before the show. So you look at it like like Cincinnati is the offense; they're going up against Tampa Bay. And two slot-wide receivers, they are allowing 38.1 fantasy points per game. By far, this is about 10 points more than second place, which would be the Jets. And you see the three pluses here, an extremely good matchup. This would be for anybody in the slot. They'll play A.J. Green out of the slot. They'll play Boyd. They'll play Uzoma. Uh, looks like the Cincinnati inside passing attack looks like it could be a big breakout this week.
3: Yeah, th- this is why I I wrote uh, I I talked up Jarvis Landry in, in week seven and Mohamed Sanu in week six and Taylor Gabriel in week four and Juju Smith Schuster in week three and uh, Nelson Aguilar in week two and that's why we've profited uh, on every single team one of those slot players. wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, against Tampa Bay, just that that's what they are. They're a slot funnel. You know, tight ends are scoring big against them as well. They're, they've been decent uh to outside wide receivers but um uh that, that's also why you should be looking at boyd this week um and uh there's a there's a number of different um uh interesting matchups like that as well i know tennessee's on by but they've just been hemorrhaging points to left wide receiver because malcolm butler has been arguably the worst cornerback in football this year you can see um philadelphia too uh uh, Jalen Mills side of the field. That's right wide receiver. They've given up the second most um, Atlanta ranks lowly. They're on bye, but uh, in, in uh, fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers, but that's been uh, a, a facet of the defense every year. Dan Quinn's been there, you know, running backs and slot wide receivers score big against them. It's kind of a function of, of their scheme. Um, and and the jets are, are the second worst team to, to slot wide receivers uh, this season as well. So that's another matchup to target.
2: Yep. So a really fun thing they put here on PFF, Uh, always, it's always good to have an information leg up on your opponents when you're playing DFS and this little chart, um, you don't really see this too much out there. So a nice addition, uh, from pro football focus, I'll be checking it out this week. Uh, and I always wanted to talk about with Tyler. I know you don't write it, Tyler, but I think we can all agree. Pat's article is one of the must read things every week on PFF. Uh, You got anything good standing out to you from the article this week.
1: I think it just kind of reaffirms our love here for Jameis Winston and for uh, Patrick Mahomes. These are the two games that Pat focuses here that are up in pace. Um, not only are these guys scoring a ton of fantasy points, one of the main reasons that, of why they're doing it is because they're having so many plays to do it, having so many opportunities to. Um, so I think like these are games that we need to target this week. I'm going to have a lot of Buccaneers, a lot of Bengals, and I'm going to have a lot of Chiefs, um, mainly because of how many opportunities they're going to have.
2: Yeah, I love this article. I haven't had a chance. I've been very, very busy this week catching up from my vacation with basketball and football, so I haven't had a chance to read Pat's article yet. Um, But uh, I I like seeing the teams I already wanted to target in uh, the Buccaneers and the Bengals in the chief scheme, up at the top of the article. So I'll definitely be trying to get a, a lot of those guys into my lineups.
3: So. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting
2: journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Um, let's move it along. Let's get to wide receivers here. Uh, Tyler, I'll keep it with you here. And This is going right back to Pat's article. Leading off Pat's article was the Buccaneers at Bengals looking at a high pace. Uh, You want A.J. Green. They move A.J. Green all over the field now. He'll get some slot play. We just saw that uh, with the new matchup chart here. Uh, You got to like it. The the thing is, everybody's going to be paying up for the expensive running backs this week. Uh, You can take your pick of just about any high-priced wide receiver, and their ownership is probably going to be a little bit lower than it should be.
1: Yeah, I agree. The studs are definitely going to be at a much discounted uh, ownership percentage this week. Um, But one of the guys I want to focus on is A.J. Green, just because I really want to attack this middle of the Buccaneers defense. Um, Per the wide receiver points allowed chart that we just referenced, Tampa Bay is allowing the most fantasy points to opposing slot wide receivers, and that's by a massive margin. Um, Green has been used all over the formation this season, running 30-plus percent of his routes from the left, right, and slot. And those slot routes are going to be infinitely more valuable this week against M.J. Stewart. Tampa's slot cornerback, Stewart, has allowed 29 of 34 targets to be caught against him for 330 yards and five touchdowns. He's allowing the fourth highest QB rating among qualifying corners. Uh, I'm going with A.J. Green in tournaments here. Uh, He's coming off a season-high 14 targets last week. Uh, He and Dalton looked kind of dialed in where he was his first and second read almost every drop back. Uh, But I like the idea of going to Boyd and Cash,
2: and uh, I think exposure against this Buck secondary is a must this week. Uh, the Chiefs, they figured out after after halftime that all Andy Dalton was doing was chucking it to A.J. Green yeah. every single play. They kind of shut it down, but, hey, he got his fantasy points for us beforehand. And, I mean, guys like Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Juju, and uh, Scott always loves Jarvis Landry. These guys, no one's over 20%. I'd argue, um, I don't know, 18%, 17.5%. None of these guys are really going to reach because everybody's just going to be jamming in the expensive running backs, even in tournaments this week. Um, take a pick of your litter. I, don't, I think it's pretty hard to go wrong um, with any of the expensive uh, wide receivers. Scott, you specifically you have singled out Devontae Adams as somebody you want to talk about. Uh, so what, what do you see here? It looks like uh, Cobb. It looks like Allison are coming back. That doesn't seem to be slowing you down.
3: Yeah, no, not in the slightest. So he uh, uh, is dominating in terms of expected fantasy points, especially over the last month of the season and also an actual fantasy points. Uh, And what's most interesting about this is he's arguably had the toughest, actually not even arguably, he's had the toughest cornerback schedule of any wide receiver in his last game. It was a little softer, but uh, through his first four games, it was absolutely brutal. Um, In week one, he ran 54% of his wraps against Prince of one of our highest-graded cornerbacks. Week two, 88% against Xavier Rhodes. Week three, 53% against Quinton Dunbar, one of our highest-graded cornerbacks. Week four, 77% against Tredavious White, easily one of our best cornerbacks. Uh, and then uh, the week after that, 83% of his wraps against Darius Slay. So just factor in all of that. And like uh, remember Aaron Rodgers, too, historically is a guy who shies away from wide receivers and tough cornerback matchups. You'll notice, like, uh, he'll never target a wide receiver covered by Richard Sherman ever. Um, so just factoring that in, uh, and I think Devonte Adams is an easy top three fantasy wide receiver moving forward. Uh, and you have to like him this week in a, in a uh, much softer matchup where Marcus Peters is banged up and uh, they don't have a key to leave. So, uh, yeah, I definitely like him this week.
2: Yeah. I would imagine too. He's probably, so I think Brown, Tyreek Hill, because people are going to be using Mahomes. Everyone's going to play Antonio Brown. A.J. Green's going to draw some ownership. So out of those three, he's going to be behind him. He's currently tied with Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., kind of in the top tier of ownership. Um, might fall actually behind some of those guys, I think, this week. So he might be the – out of the six or seven highest price wide receivers, he might be the fifth or sixth highest owned um, player overall in that group. here. He today. should be number one. So, yeah, so if you like him, you can get a pretty big edge in my opinion uh Tyler uh, I'm hoping this is right because I'm on uh, I'm on team win now in one of my dynasty leagues and Jordy Nelson oh my he's gonna he's gonna lead me to the championship with Amari Cooper out here uh looks like you're on board with it um they gotta throw to somebody they should be down if Derek Carr isn't crying after he gets sacked uh like he was uh last week looks like Jordy Nelson might be in store for a big week I'm on board with us
1: yeah I'm a bit nervous because it might be bad chalk because it's the Raiders but they're going to be throwing in this one. They're three-point home dogs. Nelson already was the wide receiver target leader prior to Amari Cooper leaving. Jordy's another receiver that's moved all over the formation, 30-plus percent at each wide receiver position. Uh, but I really like his matchup on the outside against Nate Hairston, who's the one I kind of want to single out if I'm targeting one of Indy's corners. Hairston is currently our number 99 cornerback out of 112 graded. He's allowing a 128.3 NFL rating coverage. Um, the reasons like Jordy are he's scored in three of his last four games. He's got a pair of eight target games during that span and they're going to be passing a ton in this one. Uh, If he can get to eight plus targets here, I think he could pretty easily pay off his price.
2: Uh, this is a battle we've currently got in this mid tier. I I like the mid tier wide receivers this week. I think it's, there, there are a lot of very viable options, but currently we've got Jordy Nelson and Sammy Watkins, who Scott's going to talk about both at 15% ownership. They're the clear leaders in kind of the $5,000 to $4,000 range. Uh, Scott, what do you see in Watkins? Just, I don't know, he kind of got hurt in that first game against Denver. Has been a little bit hit or miss. You just expect Mahomes to go nuts and Mahomes is so good that Watkins is just going to get his and he's he's cheap enough to kind of work with the stud running backs. this
3: week. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I really don't have a good uh, stat-based take. It's just he's something like Forty three, forty six hundred 4,600 on draft. Yeah. It's crazy cheap. Uh, you know, if you want a piece of, of this offense, uh, you know, it should be a lot more expensive given how prolific and, and efficient it's been. Uh, I will mention on Jordy Nelson too. I, I agree. I think that's a good take. Um, although I might actually be, be hoping the move him to the slot full time now that, uh, Cooper's out. He was running like forty percent of his routes from the slot, with Cooper at thirty three percent. So I would love to see that jump to like seventy something percent. you think he's
2: they're going to do that? Like, Seth Roberts can't play on the outside, can he? No, but he, he also can't play
3: uh, from the slot. Can't. Like, he's yeah, exactly. He's been one of the least efficient wide receivers from either the slot or outside. Whereas Jordy Nelson has been like top twenty most efficient yeah. from the slot, but below average outside.
2: You think John Gruden looks at those analytics?
3: yeah probably not
2: no chance chance he looks at those at all um so i want to talk real quick i think we're going to have a a minute or two here so i want to list off a couple other guys in the mid-tier that i like um anyone have thoughts on doug baldwin coming off the buy Uh, i know tyler you didn't like russell wilson and i know you can run on detroit but they're still just as bad against the pass they just haven't people just really haven't had to pass against them uh he's fifty five hundred. do you like that Yeah, I'm always
1: a big fan of Baldwin. Um, I don't think you need to play Russ to get to Baldwin. It's just the targets I'm worried about. Um, He had eight last week, but I think it was before the bye, but he only had one on the one game before that. And that was when he ran like 80, 90% of the snaps. So I'm struggling with Baldwin, to be honest.
2: Uh, Scott, any of the other Green Bay wide receivers? Cobb is 4,900. That looks pretty good. He did have the one good game. uh, I think it was to start the year. Uh, has kind of disappeared since then. Do you have any interest there? Listen,
3: I, I already told you I'm I'm going all in on uh, on Adams, and and now you're going to make me regret it.
2: All right. Uh, <laughs> cra- how About Crabtree.
3: Uh, yeah, he's in play.
2: 4,800. I think that's. Uh, I think he's got at least eight targets in every game since week one. Uh, at that price tag, very tough uh, to pass up on my opinion. And, and I missed this last week. Did either of you numbskulls talk about Jermaine curse last week and like give him a thumbs up. What? Why was that? Why was everyone playing Jermaine curse on the week? I was gone. I don't understand. This.
1: I was all in on Jermaine curse. Oh I mean,
2: my goodness. What are you it, doing? It
1: was the perfect matchup. I mean, the reason why we wanted to attack that was because the, um, the Colts defense. Um, uh, was it was the Colts. It was the Vikings. It was the Vikings. Yeah. Mackenzie Alexander was a terrible slot corner, um, allowing everything to be caught against him. Um, we've seen Darnold target the middle of the field repeatedly. It, we should have known.
2: <laughs> your main curse was like, I don't understand how that happened. I, I would not have allowed that if I was on last week, but I, I can be, I think I'm in, I'm in support, uh, of both of your value receivers, uh, a dud Tyler for you, Devin Funches. he's catching a lot of touchdowns recently. Uh, tell me why you don't want Mr. Funchess this week.
1: Yeah. It's really just coming down to the play of the perimeter corners that Baltimore has. These guys are playing really well. Um, Funches has run nearly 85% of his routes on the outside. It means he'll rarely get any of the juicy matchups on the inside in the slot that we're looking for. They've limited opposing wide receivers on the outside for much of the season outside of A.J. Green's three-touchdown explosion on Thursday night. But they have allowed the six fewest receptions. Um, they've allowed the fewest red zone trips per game at just 2.3. And I think that's what really is going to come down to Funches' is, is his inability to score this week with them keeping
2: them out of the red zone. All right. Real quick, Scott, I just saw you typed in uh, Sterling Shepard. Why are you hating on him? We got to get the tight ends here.
3: Yeah. Uh, all of his games have come in A-plus matchups in Washington. As you can see from that chart we referenced is one of the toughest to slot wide receivers.
2: Um, what, do you, what do you expect? They get a – oh, no, they got Alex Smith. They lost their slot cornerback. So I was trying to think of something, and I couldn't come up with anything. So anyway, uh, let's go to tight ends. Uh, Tyler, I don't normally spend up for tight ends in cash games. And I don't think I'm going to do it this week because I, I got to play Todd Gurley. And if you play Todd Gurley, it's really tough to play Travis Kelsey. But there is, without a doubt, Travis Kelsey holds the biggest positional edge I think you can get this week outside of simply playing Todd Gurley because I think he is by far the best running back. He's 6,800. I think that's probably too cheap because they price down the tight ends a little bit. Um, I'm just having trouble. I still like, um, you know, Zoma at 3,500. I liked them before you showed me the chart. Uh, I like them much more after you showed me the chart as well. Um, but, Kelsey, if you're paying off, just a, a clear smash spot, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I just love doing it in tournaments where paying up a tight end not only gives you a different player than everyone else, but also typically leads to different lineup construction. And I think it's just a great way to naturally uh, provide some uniqueness in your lineups. Kelsey went for seven for 78 in a touchdown against them in their previous matchup, 12 targets that game. Uh, I'm expecting heavy usage once again against the Broncos who we've been targeting with tight ends for much of the season.
2: Uh, Scott, as a stud, I'm looking at a blank here. Did you have Kelsey? I mean, Kittle, Kittle's pretty expensive. Uh, I said there was a nice thing from Evan Silva, just how athletic Kittle is. Um, you got the shower narrative, uh, as well going on there. Uh, cook looks like he could flourish, uh, with Amari Cooper out of there and a really good matchup in Indianapolis. Are either of those guys worth not really a lot of savings from Kelsey this week?
3: um, yeah. So I, I had Kelsey. Uh, I, I like, um, yeah, I, I don't really like the other guys. Uh, Kittle. Yeah. He's, he's good because he's great. Not because of spark, which has only ever hit on one tight end and it was Kittle. Um, he was, I, he was a top PFF guy coming out as well. Uh, I actually think the Indianapolis matchup is, is somewhat tough. Um, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm probably just looking uh, for salary savers this week at the position.
2: Yeah, what do you got? So you talk. You know, you got Greg Olson here as a value play. What's uh, what's up with Mister Greg Olson? Uh, well,
3: he's just seen really good volume. Uh, he's played on every snap but one since coming back from injury, um, and he's coming off of a really difficult matchup against the Eagles, which is, ranks second best in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game. Just to opposing tight ends uh, but the uh, but the Ravens are actually somewhat of a uh, 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 tight end funnel we've seen 29 percent of their passing yards go to tight ends that ranks most in the league so uh, I like him this week also really tough matchup for Christian McCaffrey as well
2: um, so Tyler uh, value tight ends couple guys I'm looking at. I like CJ Uzama I think he's in play. Uh, You're going to talk about him. Uh, I'm debating uh, going to Vance McDonald a little bit at 3,700. I think OJ Howard uh, is looking pretty good at 3,900. This is kind of the tier I'm living in instead of paying up for Travis Kelsey. I just can't afford Kelsey, at least on my cash teams and tournaments like you. I'll be mixing him in probably specifically with um, my Patrick Mahomes stacks. Um, But out of this mid-tier, what's kind of your favorite play? Actually, not even a mid-tier, the low tier for value plays.
1: I like all three of those guys that you mentioned, Uzoma, McDonald, and O.J. Howard, Um, but if it were to come down to one, I don't think there's a better bang for your bucket tight end than Uzoma. Um, He's flourished and taking over for the Bengals. Looks like he'll still get that role with Tyler Croft still being held out of practices. He's seen nine targets over the past two games, which, I mean, that's not great, but uh, considering the matchup here against the Buccaneers, who've allowed the their top five and most receptions allowed, top five and most receiving yards, top five and touchdowns allowed. Um there's just so many reasons to target Uzoma. Um they've allowed at least fifteen DraftKings points to the position in all but one matchup this year. And his three K price tag just allows for a ton of flexibility in a week here where we really need it.
2: Uh yeah and Scott, uh you had Kyle Rudolph as your dud now he's not on the main slate. But uh, I do play a lot of the Thursday slate. I couldn't believe he was thirty six hundred. And I mean, Adam Thielen is just—he's vacuuming up all the targets. Kirk Cousins isn't really looking for Kyle Rudolph as much as uh, he was getting involved last year. And uh, I kind of like this as a dud. I think—would you rather play Uzama? We've got—I uh, just mentioned Vance McDonald and OJ Howard. I think all those guys right around the same price tag. I'd much rather play them on the Thursday slate other than Rudolph.
3: Yeah. I, I, if this were a drinking game to, to this podcast, it would be uh, every week I I, I mention one dud I forget is not on the main slate <laughs> uh, for for whatever reason. I, I definitely devote most of my energy towards the 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 guys uh, I think are going to succeed. But but yeah, you mentioned OJ Howard. Uh, he's up against the Browns defense without Joe Schobert. Uh, he's their uh, primary tight end defender, uh, but he's also the high uh, our. Uh, highest rated uh, uh, linebacker and coverage. So I think that's a good matchup. Also seeing a, a really good snap share uh, in games. He's been healthy this year. Cameron Braid's sort of taking a back seat. And you've heard me ramble on before about uh, how efficient Jameis is when targeting tight ends and ha- how much he prefers them uh, near the end zone.
2: Uh, and you don't want to uh, – not only did you not like Mitchell Trubisky who won a million dollars for somebody last week, you want to diss the tight end as well that won somebody a million dollars. Uh, no Trey Burton for you this week, Scott? Um, No, pro- probably not. But
3: uh, I-, I wouldn't go out of my way to say he's necessarily a bad play.
2: I mean, you have him listed here as a dud, Scott. I'm just trying to tell the people. <laughs> that. Someone to the you had here. <laughs> <laughs> to be right. fair, that's my dad, not Scott's. Oh, so oh <laughs> see, blaming another another mistake by right here. Yeah, so why uh give me 30 seconds on Burton? Uh
1: honestly, it's because he's touchdown or bust and he's I don't think they're gonna have many touchdown scoring opportunities this week. The Jets hold their opponents to the fifth lowest touchdown percentage when in the red zone. I'm gonna save money and look elsewhere. I think it's a bit kind of chasing
2: here. All right, we're gonna get on out of here. We got the road of world coming uh, up next. Uh, hopefully we provided some good analysis for you uh, for week eight football season. Uh, thanks for Tyler and Scott for joining me on week eight. Uh, I'm Britt, and thanks to all of you for watching or listening this week, and we out. Ya.